The Dying Book by Jessica Nippris. Narrated by Jessica Nippris. Chloe slipped out from underneath her bed covers, her feet touching the cool, cracked floorboards. Through the slightly parted curtains, the sun shone, lighting up the room. Wriggling her feet into her slippers, she thought, It's Sunday, and smiled. Chloe would usually leave for town and go to the bakery for a chocolate milk after breakfast. Not today. Today she was tired, and instead of heading out the front door, she headed to their library. The library had not been visited for a long time, and every time she bothered to enter, she noticed a dust layer had grown. The shelves of books were old but stood tall and grand. Once upon a time, this room used to be eye-catching and beautiful. She was sure of it, though after many years of rejection, it was dulled. Chloe sighed. She closed her eyes and imagined it as it used to be, somewhere where you'd want to have visited every day. Chloe found her hands reaching towards an antique book. Her father had forbidden her to read it, but she couldn't help reaching out. It beckoned her. The engraving on the cover almost glowed, and the touch made her fingers quiver. She had always felt this way when she touched it. Desperate to discover its treasures, she thought of her father. He had always been there to stop her. Not today. Today he was in Melbourne and not back for a few days at least. Bewildered, Chloe took the book from its place and slumped down in the soft leather armchair. She did not dare take her eyes from it, taking in every detail she hadn't memorised before. She opened the book a small crack. Remembering her father's harsh warnings, she hesitated to continue. Dad said I was forbidden to read it until my 15th birthday. That's only in one month. Surely if I just take a quick look... Bang! The library door swung open. Panic struck Chloe. Hello, she quizzed. Is anyone there? Her heart pounded. The hallway stood empty. Then the door slammed closed. Chloe jumped up and ran to the door, trying frantically to figure out the trick to open it. Frustrated, she banged hard on the thick wood. She had taken too long. Wind began to whirl around the room. Chloe was nearly lifted from her feet. She clung to a table, but it just dragged along with her. How could wind be in the closed library, she thought. It was obvious she was dreaming. She closed her eyes and willed it all to stop. It didn't. Whole bookshelves began lifting off the floor, whirling into the air. Chloe could no longer feel the ground beneath her feet. She screamed. She was whirling in the air as well, dodging books and ornaments that the wind recklessly threw around. If this was a dream, it was very real. Too real. Chloe hugged the antique book close. If she was going to die, she wasn't going to die without reading it. Fingers fumbled as she opened the book again. The pages fluttered in the wind. A scream echoed from the other side of the library. What was that? If you've ever tried to swim in mid-air, in strong, bold wind, you'll know what an exhausting and unsatisfying task it is. Five minutes later, when Chloe had almost reached the other end of the room, she heard the scream again, this time from the other side of the room. Groan... She started for it again. Ten seconds later, the scream was right beside her. Chloe stopped in confusion 
and the wind began to carry her back to her starting point. After hearing the scream once more beneath her, she knew it wasn't a person screaming. It sounded too unnatural. It was coming from thin air. A cyclone in the library was unnatural, and what happened next was quite unnatural also. The cyclone stopped. Whole bookshelves and lounges crashed to the ground, disturbing the settling dust, sending it swirling crazily into the now calm air. Chloe winced as the sound of splintering wood filled the room. It took a few seconds for her to realise she was suspended in mid-air, clutching the book to her chest. Let me down, Chloe yelled, to whom she did not know. She felt a ripple of energy pass through her before she began to float softly down to the ground. Her feet touched the ground. Despite how amazingly unnatural and creepy it was, she yelled, take me back up and she waited for the ripple of energy in her feet to be lifted off the floor. It didn't happen. The book flew out of her hands. Hovering in the air before her, it opened. Chloe stood, gaping in awe. A word began to form on the blank page. Why? Chloe almost laughed, but remembering how strange this was, she stayed quiet. What's going on? she asked the book, and words continued to form. You are letting me out too early, Chloe, too early. The words stopped. Chloe was struck, deep in confusion. What's happening? Why is there a book floating in front of me? Oh, crap, what have I done? And then more words. I'm Elizabeth Grace Felt, and I died, I think, around a 100 years ago. I have been trapped inside this book for quite a while now. Hasn't your dad told you the story? How are words randomly forming on the page was all Chloe could manage. Words on the page of this book is the only way I can communicate. When someone in the Felt family dies, their soul is transported into a book to stay for a certain period of time. Once that time is up, a certain person performs a ritual that will send the soul to heaven. When I died, I told my son, your great-grandfather, that his great-grandchild should perform my ritual on the 7th of March, 2018, which happens to be your 15th birthday. Chloe was shocked, but questioned nonetheless. So I am your great-great-grandchild. I'm meant to perform a ritual to a book with a person trapped inside. The book corrected her. Soul. Okay, yes, a soul. I'm meant to perform a ritual to a book with a soul trapped inside. Well, yes, but not until March the 7th. You were letting me out too early. That's what all the chaos was about. Sorry, you have to get me back. I'm feeling the Sonara effect beginning to kick in. The writing stopped. Chloe gulped. She can tell there is something important she's meant to know. What do you mean send you back? And what's the Sonara effect? Words frantically began to form on the page. Oh, darn, oh, darn, oh, darn, your dad. Stop, Chloe yelled, and the words stopped mid-sentence. Can you please just tell me what's going on? Your dad hasn't told you anything. The Sonara effect is the effect of not being focused on my story for long enough. It's when the story of my book starts to die. It's when I start to die. Hold your horses. Explain yourself. How can you die if you're already dead? Remember, I'm new to this. 
Yes, my physical self died. My soul is waiting to transition into heaven on my rebirthing day, your 15th birthday. But if my soul dies, that's it. Nothing. When my soul is in the book, the only thing that keeps me in there and safe is my story. The story I'm destined to write while I wait for my rebirthing day. The words were so quick now it was hard to keep up. Chloe could tell the soul was nervous. So was she. My story is the thing that keeps me focused. Once I lose focus, chaos, disaster sets in. I start to die. My story is also like a path to heaven. My story is everything. You opened the book too early. It's not my rebirthing day. The book can only be closed now once my energy is refocused and I get back to creating my story. You have to help me, Chloe. I'm dying. I know that. Chloe replied harshly. Her mind raced with all this new information. She could hardly keep up. So I have to get a soul to write a story. Well, get back to writing a story. Then in a month, perform a ritual to send the soul to heaven. Easy. Chloe sighed a heavy breath. Chloe bet a thousand dollars that her dad knew what to do. But he was 15 hours away, sitting at a desk, writing business reports. God help me now. All right, well, if you need to focus on writing the story, then why don't you? Words start again. Okay, firstly, I'm in the future and just a little curious to see what's going on 100 years after my death. Secondly, when I died, I was halfway through reading Red Riding Hood and Red had just been eaten by a wolf and I don't know what happened next. And lastly, I desperately need inspiration to refocus. Chloe gaped. She couldn't believe that was it. That was all there was to do. God had helped her. This was really going to be easy peasy. I know how to fix this, she whispered excitedly. And with that, she grabbed the book with both hands and flew through the damaged library and out the now open door. Chloe sat on her zebra-striped bed with her open laptop resting on one knee and the book on the other. I know the most inspirational place in the world. Where is it? Don't keep me waiting. Snowgrass Gully. Chloe had been there with her dad once or twice for a picnic and loved it. She couldn't wait to show it to her great-great-grandmother. It's only 15 minutes from here by bus and the bus leaves in... Chloe checked her screen. Four minutes. Swell, do you have enough money to buy two tickets? Chloe was amused. I have enough for one, which is fine since you're a book and you don't require a ticket. She said as she grabbed her wallet and ran down the stairs and out the door. Oh, right. She knew it was impossible, but Chloe felt that the book seemed a little embarrassed. It's no probs. I'm sure the last time you went on a bus, you needed a ticket too. She looked down at the flapping pages as she ran and just spotted the word, thanks. They were lucky that the bus station was only 20 metres from Chloe's house. Otherwise, Chloe was sure they would have missed that last bus for the day. As she sat down at the back of the bus and caught her breath, she felt the book wilt a little in her hands. New words began appearing on the page. I'm losing my energy, Chloe. I'm dying. Chloe hugged the book tight, a tear in her eye. I know, she whispered, and I'm going to save you. As the bus screeched to a halt, Chloe ran to the door and was the first to get off. The bush held many memories for Chloe, and she was happy to greet them with open arms. The smell of the bush welcomed her as she began to walk. This part of the National Park was lovely. 
but nothing compared to what was to come. She felt the book tug at her, and she peered down. I'm not quite inspired yet. Yeah, yeah, the next part is better. We're getting there. Chloe continued to walk, looking around at the trees and shrubs. The book tugged for her attention again. The words appeared slowly this time. There was a sense of panic. Can you run then, please, Chloe? Chloe ran. She scrambled over rocks and splashed through the ponds that she didn't have time to trek around. All the time, she felt the book starting to wilt more and more in her hands. Finally, she reached the lookout, stumbling by now and breathing heavily. She slumped into the comfort of a large oak tree. Chloe held the book high so it could take in the view. She was curious. Can you see? You can see, right? Yes. The book left Chloe to wonder how, but she just accepted it as she also took in the view. The gully yawned out beneath them, green and luscious, with all rock formations that were the first thing to catch the eye. Further ahead, there was snow, beautiful, white, crisp, cutting sharp like a knife through the gully. One side was bright green, with tall trees creating calm atmosphere, and the other side was blinding white. It looked mysterious, mag magical, and majestic. Chloe could tell the book was impressed, so she gave it another minute. One of its full pages turned, and a new sentence began to form. Chloe, what happened to Red Riding Hood after the wolf ate her? Chloe smiled. A huntsman came and chopped her out of the wolf's belly. She lived happily ever after. The book seemed satisfied. Thank you. My pleasure, Chloe replied. The book felt firm and strong. It finally closed. Chloe felt a calmness come over her. She was proud of herself. She stared at the book and wondered what story the soul was writing. Maybe a story about an awesome young girl named Chloe who just saved the world by... Um, already too much to hope for. But she couldn't wait till her birthday.